Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today you'll be listening to Missing Volume 3, the disappearances of Tiara Williams out of North Carolina, Betty Hayes out of Missouri, and Kayla Berg out of Wisconsin. Small talk sucks, so let's dive in. Our first missing person today is 19-year-old Tiara Williams, last seen in Greensboro, North Carolina. Tiara Williams was at the beginning of the rest of her life. She was still young and living with her parents, and her mom told My News Now that she used to hear her daughter in the background of the house singing at the top of her lungs in her room to whatever her favorite songs were at the moment. That sound to her felt like home. Her family was a really tight-knit one where parents, grandparents, siblings, and cousins were always around, and they weren't just your family, they were your best friends. They were all excited for Tiara because she was just a few days away from starting college, and she was going for early childhood development so she could dedicate her life to educating children. On January 8, 2016, NBC reports that she and her mother were supposed to go get her college books and a laptop, but she disappeared before they could. The previous day, January 7th of 2016, Tiara was walking around her apartment complex with her boyfriend and her brother when she told them that she was going to go meet a friend really quickly and that she'd be back in an hour. She walked to her friend's apartment complex, the Stony Brook Apartments, which was really close by. Based on reports from Fox 8, it looks like she only had to walk through a short trail to get there, and it's a pretty busy and well-trafficked area. The whole trip to see a friend seemed innocent enough, but Tiara didn't come back in an hour, and as the hours ticked by and turned into the following morning, her family started getting really worried. Even if Tiara had lost track of time and wound up staying the night with her friend, she would have let someone know. But it was still morning and everyone was hoping they'd hear from her later in the day, but they didn't. By 9pm, her mother knew something was wrong and Tiara was officially reported missing. Police started their investigation while Tiara's mom was heading up one of her own. She started calling around to everyone her daughter knew. Between her and law enforcement, they tracked down who Tiara was supposed to be meeting that night, and they said that they had met up with her the night before, and that the last time they saw her was when she was walking away from them, seemingly headed back to her own apartment, and cell phone records backed that up. According to NBC, the GPS on her phone showed that she made it to her friend's apartment complex and then it stopped pinging along the trail back to home. At that point, her phone was either turned off or coincidentally died. All anyone could do at that point was work with what they had. Friends and family flooded the area, putting up flyers, going door to door asking if anyone had seen her, and flooded social media with the news of her disappearance. While they were doing that, law enforcement was out doing interviews with anyone and everyone who would talk to them, and according to Fox 8, everyone had been cooperative. The entire situation was suspicious. Her mother told the station that Tiara had never gone more than 24 hours without reaching out, and it's not like she'd packed anything to go anywhere for more than an hour. Her mom described Tiara as the selfie queen, and the selfie queen hadn't posted anything on social media since she disappeared. 
Though the situation itself was suspicious, there was no one person that was, which almost made things harder. Initially, there was a lot of online attention geared toward the person that she went to meet, but knowing that Tiara or at least her phone was headed back home, it kind of left everything in limbo. Her mother told Fox 8 that this was her worst nightmare, that all she wants to do is sit in a ball and cry. Nine days after Tiara went missing, My News 2 reports that Fairway Outdoor Advertising donated space on 18 billboards across the area that detailed the information about her disappearance and who to call with any information. The tips came in and all of them were followed, but none of them led to Tiara. The searches by Tiara's friends, family, and volunteers never stopped. Law enforcement seemed to take on a more investigative approach, that is, until February 8th. That's when NBC reports that Greensboro police were back at the apartment complex with canines. It was a relief that they were still actively doing whatever they could to find any evidence of what might have happened, but as far as I can tell, that search came up empty. A few weeks went by without much news about the search for Tiara until law enforcement started getting flooded with tips about an Instagram post. According to My News 2, a guy posted that he'd heard two people talking about Tiara and that he thinks one of them might know where she is. It was a huge moment and felt like a break in the case, so police tracked down the poster and interviewed him. Unfortunately, they ruled it out. It wasn't a hoax or someone trying to get their five seconds in the spotlight. It was just that the conversation he overheard didn't have anything to do with Tiara. By the one-year anniversary of Tiara's disappearance, the media coverage of her was scarce. There was a tiny reminder here and there, but that was it. The most frequent updates were and have been posted on Tiara's Facebook page. July 18th of this year, 2022, would have been her 26th birthday. Tiara Williams is described as 5 foot 5, 120 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing dark blue jeans, a pink shirt, a black north face jacket and a royal blue beanie. If you have any information about her disappearance, please contact the Greensboro Police Department at 336-373-2222. I'll post her photo and information on Instagram and Facebook. Our next missing person is 88-year-old Betty Hayes out of Holiday, Missouri. Betty Hayes is about as wholesome as it gets. According to ABC 17, she was a nurse for over 35 years, and because of her natural caring instinct, she also managed to live on a huge cattle farm in a super rural area where there were woods and fields as far as you can see. I mapped it out, and it looks like the closest house is about a half a mile away. When it came to that farm, those cows were her babies. As she got older, she couldn't run the farm on her own, but her family decided to leave a few cows behind so she could still care for them. December 16th, 2021 started off as any other day for 88-year-old Betty. At 4.15 p.m., she went to the grocery store, and at around 9.35 p.m., she called a family member before heading to bed. No one ever thought it would be the last time they'd hear from her. 
On the afternoon of the following day, December 17th, Betty's son got a call saying that they couldn't find his mother. He rushed over to the house, but when he got there, his concern was amplified. According to ABC 17, he opened the storm door to find that the regular door to her house had been kicked in while locked and the door jam was broken. Generally, when an elderly person is reported missing, the public defaults to the idea that they probably just wandered off. But with a door that had been busted in, it seemed pretty clear from early on that that probably wasn't the case. There's no reason for Betty to bust into her own locked door, let alone even be able to. With that, Betty was reported missing at 4.34 p.m., and according to the Lake Gazette, her family believes that she went missing sometime between that last phone call on the night before and the morning of the 17th. For the next 48 hours, state and local police, along with volunteers and firefighters, searched the air and on foot around Betty's property, but they found no sign of her. Her son told ABC 17 that he's concerned that someone might have abducted her and that her life is at risk. Though police haven't commented on it, her daughter posted to Facebook that Betty was taken from her home and did not wander off. Her missing persons flyer states that she was abducted. She also clarified some media reports that said Betty had been diagnosed with dementia. Her daughter says that that is false. In May of this year, 2022, five months after Betty disappeared, ABC 17 obtained court documents stating that two men, John Condy and Joshua McNabb, were charged with first-degree burglary, six counts of unlawful possession of a firearm, and felony stealing. That came after a probable cause statement that alleges that they burglarized Betty's home between May 1st and June 3rd of 2021, which would have been six to seven months prior to her disappearance disappearance. I also found a charge for conspiracy to commit felony financial exploitation of the elderly. According to those court documents, John actually told investigators that they burglarized it five different times after the two started hunting on her property. John said that Joshua became obsessed with owning some of it, to the point where even when they weren't hunting on the land, they would talk about it on the phone several times a week. The court documents from ABC 17 go on to state that John told investigators that Joshua started stealing from Betty's home when he realized that he couldn't buy it. John said that he disguised himself by wearing a painter suit and that he also wore gloves and turned his phone off when he did it. That sounds a lot like he knew what he was doing and made a substantial effort to try and not get caught. They allegedly stole six different guns, jewelry, arrowheads, a 16-foot trailer, and trash bags full of other things. It looks like they were going after the most expensive things they could find, and the guns are just terrifying. And the turn of events is just weird. That someone became obsessed with a piece of land and since they couldn't buy it, decided to steal from the house on it. Nonetheless, the document stated that they stopped stealing items when Betty noticed that her gun cabinet had been moved. But what's more interesting is how they would have known that she noticed her gun cabinet was moved. As of yet, the police haven't connected neither John nor Joshua to Betty's disappearance. Betty would have been 89 this month, and instead of celebrating her birthday with her family, her daughter released pink balloons in her honor. 
Betty Hayes is described as being 5 foot 2 and 86 pounds. Based on the last known physical sighting of her at that grocery store, she was last seen wearing plum-colored sweatpants, a plaid blazer, and a hat, but all of those items were found at her house. If you have any information about her disappearance, please contact the Monroe County Sheriff's Office at 660-327-4060 or the Missouri State Highway Patrol at 1-800-525-5555. Her family is offering a $10,000 reward for any information leading to the arrest and conviction of whoever is responsible for her disappearance. I'll be posting her photo and information on Instagram and Facebook. Our last missing person is 15-year-old Kayla Berg from Antigo, Wisconsin. Kayla was as social as it gets. She loved nothing more than gymnastics and hanging out with her friends, and she had a lot of friends. Kayla's parents split when she was young, but the two of them tried to make co-parenting as easy as possible. They lived really close to one another, but in May of 2009, her mom decided that she wanted to give everyone a fresh start. She, Kayla, and her older brother Jimmy moved from Anago, Wisconsin all the way down to Texas, but the move didn't last long. According to Disappeared, Kayla's father was diagnosed with cancer, so within months, they were back in Anago and Kayla was pretty excited about it. Her parents were living within biking distance of one another, and she could visit whichever one she wanted whenever she wanted. And she was back with her friends. On top of that, she was also back near her ex-boyfriend Miguel. The only hang-up was that he was 19, something that her mom was not thrilled about. Her friends told Disappeared that they seemed to have the kind of relationship that everyone wanted where you're respected and loved. But nonetheless, the age difference wasn't something her mother approved of. On the afternoon of August 11th, 2009, Kayla called her mom and told her that she was going to hang out around her dad's house. Her older brother told USA Today that she wanted to go to a party with him, but he told her that that was a no. So instead, at around 8.30, one of her brother's 24-year-old friends named Kevin picked her up and by 9 p.m. they were at a McDonald's where Kayla's best friend worked. They talked for a little while before CNN reports that Kayla told her friend that she was going to ride around in the car for a little while. Fast forward about an hour and around 10 p.m., Kevin says that he dropped Kayla off at her boyfriend's house in Wausau, which is about a 40-minute drive southeast and was right across the street from a nursing home. According to the outlet, he said he saw her walk toward the home and drove off. The problem was that the house she was dropped off at wasn't currently her ex-boyfriend's. It had been condemned by the health department a couple of weeks earlier, and he had moved to another house about a mile or so down the road. According to Disappeared, Kayla was aware of the move and had even been to his new house. So why she would have had anyone drop her off there didn't seem to make any sense. Kayla has never been seen since. According to Dateline, Kevin's mother stated that he got back to his parents' house in Deerbrook two hours later at midnight. Deerbrook is about a 10-minute drive from the McDonald's he and Kayla went to earlier in the night and about a 47-minute drive from the abandoned home, neither of which are two hours, but we don't know the story of what he might have done in between. It was six days before Kayla was reported missing, but not because no one cared. There was such an open-door policy between visiting either of her parents that they each thought she was staying with the other. According to Disappeared, her brother thought she was staying with friends and it wasn't unlike her to spend the night with them. 
Initially, police treated her disappearance as a runaway and maybe for a few reasons. A week prior, Disappeared reported that her mom almost reported her missing after she went out for the night and her mom couldn't get in touch with her. It also didn't help that, according to CNN, police felt like her friends were being less than helpful in tracking her down. They figured if she was truly missing, her friends would be more concerned instead of giving police the impression that they might be helping her hide out somewhere. The longer she was missing, though, and without any contact, the quicker law enforcement realized that something was off, and once they got off the ground, they never stopped running. According to CNN, Kayla didn't have a cell phone, so they couldn't trace it to try and get an idea of where she might have gone. She did have a Facebook account, but she hadn't used it in months, so the two first go-tos when trying to track down a missing teen were a dead end. With those two angles out of the question, law enforcement searched around the abandoned home and even brought in canines, but they didn't find any trace of her. Kevin's car was also seized and processed, and while disappeared reports that Luminol indicated in some areas of his car, further testing didn't lead to anything. When it comes to the specifics of the results of those tests, they won't comment on it. Two months after Kayla disappeared, Kevin was charged with second-degree reckless endangerment because according to WAOW, he had allegedly been driving around and smoking marijuana with Kayla the night she went missing. Those charges were eventually dropped after WSAU reports that the judge determined that there wasn't enough evidence to proceed. Time continued to pass with no news until January of 2010 when WAOW reported that an 18-year-old male who'd been picked up for underage drinking was questioned by police at the Marathon County Jail in Wausau. It seemed like this might have been the beginning of something, but another six months went by before there was any more news. It came in the form of an extensive article by CNN, which stated that Kevin had been cooperative throughout the investigation and that his story hadn't changed. Throughout 2011, there were several searches all over the county, but as far as the media coverage went, none of them led to anything. By fall, they were asking hunters to be aware of their surroundings, knowing that the leaves were less dense and that hunters tend to go further into the woods than most, and they wanted them to be on the lookout for anything that looked out of place. Hunters did keep a lookout, but no one found anything. In March of 2012, the FBI themselves posted a $20,000 reward. The description of the qualification for the reward said more than most anything had thus far. According to WSAW, it was for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the individual or individuals involved in the crime related to the disappearance of Kayla May Berg. There was hope that with a reward that substantial, someone might talk, but years went by without any breaks in her case. It wasn't until an old YouTube video titled, Hey Walter, I Got a New Girlfriend Today, started making its way around the internet, that police started getting inundated with phone calls. 
The video was posted two months to the day that Kayla went missing and was of a guy who was talking into a camera to someone named Walter, telling him about his new girlfriend and saying that they went shopping at JCPenney and she tried on all kinds of clothes. Then they went to K Jewelers and bought a necklace before coming back to his house. The guy in the video goes on to say that his new girlfriend doesn't like cameras, but that he wants this Walter guy to see her. There's a break in the video, and when the camera comes back on, the guy in the video is opening a door that has a padlock on the outside. Inside, there's a girl that looks like she's chained to the floor yelling, why are you doing this to me? Almost immediately, people thought that the girl in the video might be Kayla. Her mother told ABC2, It sounded like her, looked like her, it gave me chills, it made me sick to my stomach. The video seemed like a mix between being a hoax, an attempt at acting, or terrifyingly true. Antigo police immediately started trying to track down who was in the video because they needed to know one way or another, and within days, they determined that it was just an attempt at acting and that it had nothing to do with Kayla. Her brother told USA Today that he had mixed emotions about that, that he was glad it wasn't his sister chained up and that it brought more attention to her case, but if it had been her, the police would have at least had a starting point of where to look for her. The updates on Kayla's case seemed to go completely silent until Disappear did an episode on her, and it revealed more information than any source had. According to the episode, a cadaver dog, only trained in detecting human remains, had alerted at a pond near that abandoned house. Four months after Kayla disappeared, a cadaver dog went down a line of 10 cars investigators had set up. Neither the dog nor the handler knew which car was which, but one was Kevin's and one was Miguel's. The handler let the dog off the lead and told Disappear that it clearly indicated at one of the vehicles. And that vehicle was Kevin's. The third time cadaver dogs alerted was after searching several wooded areas, and according to that episode, both places the dog alerted had ties to Kevin, one at his parents' property that he lived at, and another at a potato farm he worked at. Also in the disappeared episode was a breakdown of Kevin and Miguel's phone logs. They actually showed the logs and stated that it looked like Kevin's phone had either died or been turned off at 9.07 p.m. the night Kayla disappeared, and that there wasn't any activity on it until the next morning. In the same breath, though, they stated that that wasn't abnormal for him based on previous records. When it came to Miguel's phone logs, they said that it confirmed that he hadn't had any contact with Kayla on the day she disappeared, but that they'd found an old phone that was registered to him that somehow pinged off of a tower in Lincoln County, 40 miles north of Wausau. Though looking at the calls, it didn't seem like it was a phone that wasn't in use. I don't know the whole story behind how it was an old phone and not the one that showed he and Kayla had no contact that day, because looking at the records in the episode, it does look like it was used pretty regularly. Aside from the occasional updates on searches being conducted around the area, the episode of Disappeared was the last real update on Kayla's case. No one has ever been named a suspect. Kayla Berg is described as 5'2 and 110 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing a red spaghetti strap shirt, a dark blue hooded sweatshirt, blue jeans, tan low-heeled sandals, and a silver ringed necklace. It has been 13 years. If you have any information about her disappearance, please contact the Antigo Police Department at 715-627-6411 or Crime Stoppers at 715-627-6472. You can remain anonymous.
I'll post her photo and information on Instagram and Facebook. For photos of each missing person in today's episode, check out the missing persons highlight at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley or join the Big Mad True Crime Facebook group. The contact information for each case will be listed in the show notes of this episode. To listen ad-free and get access to bonus episodes, subscribe to Big Mad True Crime on Apple Podcasts or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash bigmadtruecrime, where for just one whole dollar a month, your episodes are totally ad-free. I'll be bringing you more missing persons a week from today, and I cannot wait. But until then, we out.